Welcome to the newest episode of the In All Things podcast, where we host conversations with diverse voices about living creatively in God's created world. I'm your host, Justin Ariel Bailey, and I teach at Dort University, which is home to the Andrea Center, the sponsor of this podcast. On this episode of the podcast, I talk to members of the band The Ruralists, Luke Hawley and Laramie DeVries, about their new album, Trying. This was the 40th episode of the In All Things podcast, and so we recorded it live, uh, audio and video, in front of a small studio audience on the stage at the BJ Hahn Auditorium at Dort University. On this episode, they share three songs with us, and we talk about the dynamics of life and love, faith and doubt, and about trying to get it right. We hope you enjoy this episode, and as always, thanks for tuning in. I have a friend who teaches songwriting, and one piece of advice that he always gives is that songs should be less like sermons and more like prayers. As a preacher, I'm always slightly offended, but I think I know what he means. The purpose of a song is not mainly to express information, as if a song could be reduced to a message, but to explore questions and possibilities, to cry out in desperation and hope that someone will listen. I'm reminded of the fact that scripture contains both the voice of the prophet who makes claims and calls for repentance, as well as the voice of poets who interrogate the world and try to find our place within it. Scripture offers a response to our deepest questions, but it also questions our too comfortable answers. The preacher and the poet are both essential. They require us to confront the complexity of living in this broken and beautiful world, while also answering the claims that are made on us by our neighbors and by God. Perhaps the preacher can begin to cultivate the attentiveness of the poet, and the poet can feel the answerability that is the burden of the preacher. My friend, who teaches songwriting, also writes and plays for a band that is well-known in our local community, and the band just released their second full-length album entitled Trying. And so we thought we would include others in this conversation to celebrate the 40th episode of the podcast. So we hosted a small live audience and let others tune in, and I'm glad to share this with you now. Well, welcome to this special 40th episode of the NL Things podcast. This is a live taping, both audio and video, and we have a live studio audience for this special episode, which is also the last of the season. And for this special episode, I am joined by two members of the band, The Ruralists, whose music features as the intro and the outro for every episode of our podcast. And they've just released a new album, called Trying. So they're sitting here with me. We have Luke Holly and Laramie DeVries. Luke and Laramie, thanks for joining us on the In All Things podcast. Yeah, you bet. Happy to be here. So I'm going to ask you some questions and you're going to play some songs and uh, hopefully we'll have a good time here uh, tonight. So the first one is really easy and it's just to tell me the name, the story behind the name of the band, The Ruralist. What does that mean? Um, and then how you all started playing music together. And then if you could also tell me the name, the story behind the name of the album, Trying. Sure. So three things. Um, yeah, this is a, this is a one we tell pretty often. So, um, 
I when we moved here, I assumed my when my family moved here, I assumed that my uh, band playing days were over because it's Sioux Center and there's not much happening here. We moved from the Twin Cities. Um, and I got a little bit um, complainy about it around the house. <laughs> and finally, Sarah said, well, why don't you just ask some people to play music with you? And I was really hesitant about that. Um, I mean, I knew some musicians uh, like Laramie, but also Laramie owns the coffee shop that I go to pretty much every day. And I was very worried, like, if it went poorly... Where was I going to get an get Americano? Yeah. yeah, that's the that's the line. I would have made you an Americano anyway. Well, I know that now, fine. but <laughs> I don't know that I would have come back, you know, out of sheer embarrassment or something. Uh, so that's how we started playing. Yeah. And uh, how long ago was that? Like 2016? Yep. Which feels like a weirdly long time ago. But um, So you just started playing. But were you a band in your mind? Did you have no, a name already? Or? No, we were going to play one show yeah. to... I don't know. Kind of a back to school thing at the Fruited Plain in the, in the parking, parking lot. lot. And, you know, you recruited your uh, your kid's drum instructor. And That's um, right. Yeah. Our drummer was my, yeah. Well, I don't know that he was teaching him drums yet. Oh. I had just heard there was a kindergarten teacher in town that could play the sure. drums. Yeah. So. <laughs> Which is our former drummer, Titus. Yeah. So and then I, I think I said to Luke, um, I bet Jack, Jake would play bass in this band. Um, so he wasn't really a he bass a guitar player, player but, but, you know, we yeah. just handed him a bass borrowed somebody's base to give yeah. him yeah so yeah, yeah that's kind of how it all started and apparently it and when i was at the first practice maybe i think the first practice i got a call from my brother my brother's a musician i got a call from a buddy of his who was looking for a band in the area to play at this uh fundraiser in sac city which was a pig roast um, on a farm on a farm and he was like, "Do you know any bands?" And I was like, "Well, let me that see how this gig. let me see how yeah. this goes, and I'll, I'll call you back." Yeah. Um, so then went all right. It seemed like a very ruralist thing to do. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. tell me about that name, the ruralist. What is that? That's name? that's all from. It's part of the legend of Dave Kramer. Uh, a number of years ago, maybe you recall, uh, Donald Trump was a presidential candidate, and he was on that? this yeah. very stage. Um, and afterwards, you know, the, the cafe was abuzz with reporters and everybody's trying to get their story in, blah, 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 blah. So our buddy Kramer comes in, he had been ice fishing with his son and he comes into the kitchen and I believe his quote was, oh, I wonder if the gal from ABC wants to hear the ruralist position. So from there, it just sort of started to be this sort of fake political party. And we just sort of started talking about ruralism. And then... Uh, and Dave will say, uh, what, you know, what is ruralism? Yeah, uh, to celebrate and advocate a rural way of life. So, and yeah, as we were kind of trying to figure out what to call ourselves, which is a very challenging thing, you know... We wanted to be rural, but not like country, because, you know, there's a difference obviously there. Uh, and we apparently wanted to have a name that was really hard to say, especially for our children. You know yeah. that episode of 30 Rock where the, the rural juror is, <laughs> anyway, that's the, that's impossible. Yeah, so let's yeah. find an impossible word, add ists at the end of it, and then suddenly, boom. Yeah. If you can get Alexa or Siri to play the ruralist on Spotify, From saying it, yeah. I would be impressed. I also struggled with my R's growing up. And so every time I say it, I have this thing in my mind, I'm not going to say it correctly, you mm. know? So I go back to when I was Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> Traumatic. Yeah, like, um, we, we have a great video somewhere on YouTube of all of our kids trying to say like ruralist. And yeah. yeah, it's really yeah. fun. Yeah. So to celebrate the rural, can you say a little bit more about what that means? To well, I mean, I, yeah, the surprise that, I experienced finding uh, 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 people to make music with and to like make actual art with, like yeah. um, not 
just, you know, not, nothing wrong with cover bands, but not cover music, like a real band was a real surprise to me. Um, and I think that, yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's a part of it. Like even in these, in these small pockets, uh, these small communities, there are these really wonderful things happening. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, urban people can think that they have all the good stuff sometimes. Um, I say that as a former city <laughs> dweller myself. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's lots of great stuff in cities, but there's also lots of great stuff in rural areas. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, that's great. And then this album is, what number album is this for you all? This is our second full length, our fourth release. I mean, this is the age of Spotify. Like sure. every once in yeah. a while, like a single that goes yeah. up or something like that. Yeah. But, yeah. And then the name of it is Trine, and it has a picture on the front. Can you describe? <laughs> yeah, the, the that cover? picture. That picture is my father-in-law uh, on a skateboard. Yeah, he was a missionary in Berlin, and I assume was trying to impress some German kids or something. <laughs> um, and he's a he's a big man yeah. on a little skateboard. Um, and I found it, and I was like, "This is this is it. Like this is the picture." He's was, got his thumb up as yeah, he sort of. It's yeah, kind of hard to see that, yeah. but it's sort of like. You know, we're doing okay, guys. In his middle age, he's learning how to skateboard. So I have been that man on the skateboard. (laughs) Come to all of my classes. Um, So trying though, how did you land on that name, and how does it kind of capture the album? Well, we—I mean, we kicked around a a number of different. We were really set on um, love songs for middle age for a while, existential love songs for middle age. But that was like pretty long and on the nose or something. there were a couple other ones, and and actually, I think Larry texted me and was like, "What about trying?" And I was like, "What about trying? What? <laughs> trying? <laughs> like?" He was like, "No, like for the for the name." Yeah. So, what was in your mind when you? Yeah, I up? just yeah. you know, I've been trying hard not to care about the thing. You know, just I've been trying to see that it's a, it's a thing. It's a that, line from yeah, it kind of keeps yeah. coming up in the songs over and over again. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that. I mean, that was like I don't sure. think I would have noticed it if Larry hadn't pointed it out. I yeah. think ha- probably ha- almost half the songs on the record yeah. have the word trying in there somewhere. So, And it just kind of seemed, you know, I don't know, a good descriptor of what, what we're trying to do, you know, as a, as a band, as, you know, a songwriter, as... Human beings. Yeah, human beings <laughs> yeah. doing all these sorts of things, you know. Yes. You had a great T.S. Eliot quote that... Well, that yeah, really... I was going to say, I, I thought of, it was the reference to T.S. Eliot. He says, for us, there is only the trying... The rest is not our business, but it wasn't quite as. Uh, no, I like that. Yeah, yeah for uh, sure. Maybe we'll start telling people Absolutely. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> inspired by T. S. Eliot, yeah. of course. Yeah. Um, I wonder if you could play one of the songs that has this yep. uh, line trying in it. Um, yeah. I think you're going to play "Murmur," right? Yeah. Yep. Does that have the? Word Here's where I get to request all my favorite songs off the album. So this is actually it's this song in the is my current favorite song okay. yeah, 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 off this yeah. album. Uh, all right. Oops. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's play it then. Yeah. You're a murmur's darling. Darling. All your ever shifting parts. A work of modern art that I cannot understand. But I can't look away or convey all my slip sliding thoughts, twisted up in knots, explaining how I feel. 
say something about that song yeah um i got i learned that a bunch of starlings is called a murmuration and then i got a little bit obsessed um and then you know i mean i think this idea i've been married for 17 years and um when i proposed to my wife i wrote her a song and the verse and i'm i'm a little bit embarrassed about it now the chorus was um i could write you love songs for the rest of my life uh Wait, I could write you love songs for the rest of my life. So let me make you my wife come summertime. And the making my wife is really feels very aggressive at this point. Um, but it was, you know, I was going for the rhyme, I, I imagine. Um, but it's been like one of the great joys of my life to to like try to get into try to get the right words around how I feel about Sarah. Um, and uh, and it never gets old, right? Um, somebody said somebody told me once that God is infinitely knowable. Um, and I think of people in that same way. And I know that's true because I just keep getting to know Sarah. Um, so the effort of writing the songs um, becomes the the joy of it. Um, 
and and the fun of it, right? Like the, I swore there was a moment where I swore that tin foil, that aluminum foil was was actually called kitchen tin, and then I was told like, no, nobody calls it kitchen tin. <laughs> But it had showed up yeah, in the in the second verse. I was yeah. thinking about televisions and how to get signals to come in and kitchen tin. And I was like, this is a thing, right? Um, it's a song that young people probably are very unfamiliar with. The idea of rabbit ears and yeah. snow, you know, yeah, like the, snow on your TV. Like nobody knows what that is anymore. But yeah, we can put that in the show notes. With that okay, is. there you yeah. go. Yeah. So yeah. We can look it up on Wikipedia. Um, and then, uh, you know, I, th I think of songwriting often as um, you, me, us. Mm. Uh, is that sort of these three three different versions of, of the same thing. Um, and so that first verse is you and the second verse is me. And the third verse then opens up to, uh, uh, to the universal. Um, and I mean, do you know the word? Apophatic? Apophatic, yeah, right? Which doesn't, you don't really work that into a song. Yeah. Quickly. You worked acromatic into a song. You I did, know, I did song. work acromatic <laughs> into a song. That rhymes with apophatic. Yeah. But yeah, the apophatic that. word is this idea that you can't, say things positively about God because no word could capture who God is. And so right. you say that God is not something. Right. And that is a way of knowing by not knowing. And right. that's what you're Yeah, yeah. And it's a way film. of yeah, it's a way of saying that you love someone too. Like how you, you know, yeah. What all the things you don't know or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was telling Luke today that this is my favorite song right now. And he's like, that's kind of weird, you know, because it's a song you wrote for your wife. Yep. Right. You know? Um and you know, but to me, I was thinking it's such a great picture of what it means to love anyone, right? Or or to offer anything to the world. You're sort of, you keep on writing these love songs. You keep on trying, you know yeah. what I mean, to get it right. And it you never quite get there. But the act itself is sort of a, yeah, um, a way of knowing and a way of being known as you go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, talking about writing for people or for others. So mm -hmm. both of you. Uh, writing and playing music is not your day job, uh, so to speak. Not so yet. Right? Not yet. <laughs> yeah, we're trying. <laughs> so you both work as college professors. Uh, Luke teaches English literature, composition. Laramie teaches philosophy. He also, as you've said, runs the local coffee shop slash restaurant slash gathering location, the Fruited Plain, uh, where the ruralists are sort of the house band. And my question for you is about the overlap between writing and playing music and teaching spending a lot of time with college students, some of whom are here um, in our live audience. Uh, but how does that interact and inform each other? Um, teaching, interacting with college-age students, either at the Fruited Plain or in class, as you write songs, as you play uh, songs, how do those things come together? You, yeah. you start? No, you go ahead. All right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know what to say. Um, <laughs> I don't write the songs. Um, I mean, I think there is there is just something about, uh, yeah, I mean, either as a teacher or somebody who is trying to help exemplify um, a way of life that 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 we care about, you know, so I think having being a teacher, it's just always on your mind. What am I, how am I going to express this? Being a parent is kind of the same way, right? How am I going to, how am I going to show my kids, how am I going to show my students what, it is to you know be a good person. I, I had Scop, uh, Jim Scop, as my uh, as a English prof when I was a Dort student, and he you know was obsessed with show don't tell, mm -hmm. and um, so I think you know whether it's my work, I, my work as a professor is probably a lot of telling, but I think then when we get to the backpack, you know we get to show we 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 really mean this, or when we're 
you know, it's lived philosophy. Yes, pouring point. ourselves yeah. into our work, making great coffee or whatever it is. Um, it's yeah, it is a, a, a showing that I think is important. But I think having students, it puts you in a kind of certain kind of posture of yeah, there's somebody who I'm talking to um, in a more specific way, maybe than other people do. Yeah, I think this is. I mean, something that the rural experience has taught me to like. Um, you know, I'm 40 years old and I have three kids and I'm not going to make it anymore, whatever it is, <laughs> right? Like fame and fortune are, you know, um, they're not on my horizon. That's okay. And I'm really, really genuinely, truly fine with that. Um, so now uh, what what do I do now? Uh, I think you turn to the people around you um, and you try to, uh, try to make things for the community that will be helpful. So we created this space behind the free to play in the backpack where we have shows and, and people come out and, um, and, and I also think that it has begun to, um, it's certainly influenced the way that I write songs. Um, I don't know. I don't know how much, I don't know that I could really even say how much, but I know that there are, you know, 20 year old kids who are going to be singing these things back to me. Um, (laughs) and that, that matters like that. I, I take that, I take that responsibility pretty seriously. Um, I think, you know, I think about lines from songs that I, that I carry with me, um, that, uh, that sort of help me understand how to live in the world. And I'd like to offer that to, to some people, you know, I, I, maybe I'm writing songs to like the 20 year old version of myself too. Like Mm. it would be a lot, I would have been a better person had I known some of these things, you know, you can't get them until you've lived them. But, um, but yeah, I think, I think that there's a, there's a give and take there. I think audience matters enough. Yeah. 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 So, um, this is an album that breathes with faith, but also with doubt, with hope, but also with disillusionment, with a question, what if this all, what, what if this is all that there is, mm-hmm. is a question you ask in many ways on the album. And one review of the album, uh, Genevieve Trainer and the Little Village writes, the ruralists and this album use faith as a lens, not a hammer. And that strikes me as a pretty good description. Um, so there's a line I want to ask you about um, from the song called Hell of a Thing. And it goes like this. When I mention Jesus Christ, I know you roll your eyes to tell the truth. Most days I do too. Uh, so I'm wondering, uh, what do you think of Trainer's description of faith as a lens rather than a hammer? Mm-hmm. And then how does the lens of faith or doubt or hope or disillusionment shape yeah. the music that you write and play? Yeah. Um, so I, I wrote that song. Um, I, one of my dearest friends uh, is a former worship pastor, uh, now a, uh, I don't think a militant atheist anymore, but like a, certainly a, an agnostic to the bone. Um, and he and I used to make music together and we used to have these conversations pretty regularly. So that line, that song starts with, um, when you talk about stardust uh, mm-hmm. and how it's in all of us, I think, how it's in all of us, I think I might cry. Like when he talks about the beginning of the world, as um, as as an explosion that turns us all into people from stardust, like that's a really really lovely picture, um, and I, and I always come back with with Jesus, um, which is also a really lovely picture. Um, but you know he 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 rolls. I don't even know if he rolls his eyes. I think I probably imagine that he rolls He's his, heard it his before, eyes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and I do too sometimes. Um, and I I just I don't know. 
well, how else to say that except to be as honest as possible? Sometimes that is a um, rolling my eyes at sort of a more general uh, public Christianity, American Christianity, that I feel like is doing a lot of things that don't seem to really um, jive with what Christ said or talked about. Um, but uh, but it, the eye rolls for me too. Like sometimes I think, like, how do I keep? Why do I keep believing this stuff? Like. This is a, I think one time in your presence, I was like, you know, I mean, like the story of Jesus is bonkers. Like it is like, it's <laughs> I wildly... often use that word actually inspired by you, bonkers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it seems, it does, it seems crazy. And there are days where I absolutely think it is crazy. Um, and if I don't admit that, then um, I'm not, uh, you know, then I'm not actually like living into that. I don't know if that's doubt or if that's just like an unwillingness to sort of to claim anything as totally certain. Um, I think certainty is like maybe one of the more dangerous things in the world. Mm. Um, and so I want to keep space for, for things to breathe, for possibility to mm. breathe. There's a line from a Sinclair Lewis book um, where he says, he calls, um, I think he's talking about God actually, but he, but he calls it the great perhaps. Um, and I, I like, I love that line. Like, I think everything is the great perhaps in some ways. Um, and so if I can keep that space open in my head, then I worry less about belief and more about, um, sort of the act of being in the world and, and, and living and interacting with people. And yeah. Yeah. I'm going to press you on that in just a second. Yep. But before that, let's lean into this great perhaps thing. Cause that's mm. another question I have, because there is this to use a Cal Searville term, discipline suggestiveness um, in your so in your songs. That's a that's um, a great Cal Searville. It is yeah. it is good, right? I discipline love, suggestiveness. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and there's often this. So I, I, I'm going to ask some grammar questions. Uh, Luke teaches grammar, so I might get this wrong. <laughs> Not but, anymore, but, but you <laughs> often use the subjunctive mood, which is the mood of might be, maybe. What if, perhaps, as Evie just said, it went through and put boxes around all the places where you're sort of saying might, maybe, might be, perhaps. Um, and I wonder if you could say more about what you're hoping for. So that's the optative subjunctive for those who are keeping track. Um, <laughs> what you're hoping for by inviting your listeners to consider what might be or what may be. Um, because, you know, even as you, you talk about not wanting to have a faith that is too mired in certainty that doesn't breathe anymore, you also sort of invite us into the possibil divine possibilities, you know. Um, and three songs, Mother Mary, Hell of a Thing, and Time are also three of other favorite songs on the album uh, that I really like that kind of open up the possibility, um, the perhaps. And so I wonder if you could talk about the suggestiveness that you have going yeah, on. Yeah. I mean, I think we could take this all the way back to faith as a lens and not a hammer like yeah. I, I i like songs that revolve around questions um, because i think you can invite people into a question in a way that you can't invite them into an answer um hmm. and when you give people an answer um, i mean that's a way of that's a way of using a hammer it's a way of you know closing something down and it's hard hard to find any sort of common ground if we start with this is my answer and this is my answer right if we start with i don't know like yeah. uh how do you do the right thing <laughs> right uh then um yeah th then it seems it just it gets easier for me to 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 to, to think about uh, a, a different way of 
of being in the world and a different way of um, of treating people. And I mean, I think about I'm I, I'm gonna um, step in it here probably because I don't actually know what you do with imaginative apologetics. I just know those two words you put together. <laughs> those, those existing. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Um, like I I think apologetics. I, like I, I'm gonna. This is where I'm at. Like there are a waste of time. Like I just I don't know why anybody cares. Don't worry. Abraham Kuyper thinks that too. So it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I'm a good company, I guess. Yeah. Um, but the imaginative part that I can that I can get behind. I mean, when I teach literature, I teach about like why do we interact with literature um, for identity, like to figure out who we are, or who we aren't, um, for imagination to try to imagine a world different mm. than it is, and for empathy. Um, and I think imagination and identity and empathy are tied together in that way. Like it's you can't be empathetic with somebody else if you can't imagine. And uh, a way outside of the way that you live. Mm. I think there's some, you know, you brought up Sierveld, and you know, just the 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 idea of allusivity, the idea of playfulness. Um, I, it's probably hard to write a song with that it doesn't have this sort of perhapsness, this playfulness. I mean, if you're going to play with words and language and music, um, yeah, I mean, that's just sort of, yeah. I think I've, yeah, I, I sort of think I've always done it, but never more than now. I mean, this is the, the glory of middle age is you realize how little you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's really nice to know that you don't know anything. Um, and you also, I, you know, I, I, I had a roommate in college who swears that I told him one time that I believed I was right. 99% of the time. <laughs> um, and he then you know, proceeded to rightfully, as good friends do, like hang it over my head for years. Like still, I ran into him a couple of years ago, went to Royals game together. He was like, you remember when you told me you were right about that? <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was 20. And I thought, you know, yeah. um, I don't I don't think that way anymore. And it's a much better way for me to, to live. Like yeah. it, then the whole world is, is like ripe with possibility. Yeah. So maybe another way of saying this is, you know, there are two sorts of people that don't ever ask questions. If you think you know all the answers already, don't ask any more questions. But then also, if you think there are no answers, you don't ask any more questions. Yeah. So you clearly are not, you know, you're not trying to build a castle in nothing, right? You're, yeah. you're looking for boundaries, yeah. right? In some way. <laughs> Yeah, this is not a nihilistic record, yes. even if it is no, asking for sure. it's yeah. of questions. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's that's the, I think that's the hope that's knit into yeah. it all. Like, yeah. I, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. You, you busted me. I mean, I, I do, <laughs> I think, like, I want to believe that there are, like, that there are answers to certain things. Like, there is, um, there is a way to be kind to your neighbor. Mm. Um, that might be wildly different depending on your neighbor, right? Um, there is a way to um, to see the world as beautiful, even when it's not mm. beautiful. Um, and this, this, I mean, that sort of dissonance that runs through everything. Like, yeah. I can't. On one hand, I can't say, uh, yeah, I, I'll get to all the answers. And on the other hand, I can't say. Uh, there are no answers because then you can't live in the mess in between. And I'm really interested in living in the mess yeah. in between yeah. and muddling through or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And there's a song called In Between, but I'm going to ask you to play a different one. So okay. this song, Mother Mary, which I think is the second song on the album. Yep. Um, do you want to say something about before or after? Um, I will say that you should go listen to it on the record because the Reverend Dr. Jeremy Perigo plays a wicked saxophone. Um, That's right. 
yeah, no, I mean, so I'm a fiction writer too, um, and I was working on this story about uh, about this kid who was thinking about becoming a monk, and I had just I had just been in this weird conversation with Jamie Smith, and he probably doesn't remember it at all. Where he called me an Arminian, and I was like, I don't know what that is, so sure. Um, but it was just, it, the broader conversation was about the difference between Protestants and Catholics, which had never really been a, like articulated to me when I was a kid that, right, that um, the pro everything is holy in the Protestant world, right, because everything belongs to God. Um, and in the Catholic world, there's this, you know, this transcending that happens. Um, and I'm really interested in that everything is holy, but I think that it's really easy to begin to believe that nothing... That's right. Yeah. Nothing is If sacred. everything is holy, then nothing is. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I didn't get all the way through Charles Taylor's book, but I... You know, you got I'm enough. sure what he was yeah. saying was good stuff. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, so this was my way to, I think also I was really terrified about people who said like, it seemed like there was a lot of research that said we were just chemistry in brains. Mm -hmm. Like we were just brains firing things off and no different than robots or AI or whatever. Yeah. And AI is, is existentially terrifying for me too. Um, but I just refuse to believe that there's not something that is the breath of God in people that humans spark. Um, and one way you get there is, is through the, is through poetic language by saying, so there's a long list at the end of this song about mm. different ways to think about the heart. Um, and that, that was me sort of working my way through it. So anyway, all that's in here. There's also a verse about my wife as usual. So she doesn't get her own love songs, but she gets a verse in just about every one. So I think she's okay with it. I keep trying to see the face of Mother Mary, full of grace, an apple core and a sticky bun, and a stretch of clouds in the setting sun. But all that's there is just the flesh and peel. Just a caramel crust and the pink and teal of harvest dust. And I keep trying to tell you how I have always loved you like I love you now. But my tongue gets thick, my brain goes slack, and all these words come out. Brick and brick, and all that's there is just a metaphor. And not the whole of you, it's not the crux and core, it's not the through and through.
primaveras makes the man and the woman too is that the whole of us just a clump of dirt just a cloud of dust and all we are is just some chemistry the arithmetic say more about that song i know laramie says that's the most doyavirdian song on the album <laughs> he just likes to say what does that like mean that? to say that something is a doyavirdian <laughs> well, song um listeners of this podcast will be very familiar with herman doyavirdian some of them and, will be and his <laughs> 15 modal aspects but especially yeah when he goes from the uh from the from the chemistry to the arithmetic yeah the yeah the numerical mode you know he's just working all of these it, it just seems like it really is trying to you know, hit it all 15 of not, not in a very, you know, systematic way, yeah. but just the idea we're looking at what a human person is in all of these. How do we function in all of these different ways? Mm. And again, I, I mean, you're saying not, but you're also saying are, right? It's not yeah, just, yeah. it's not, it's not reductive it's not just, to one of these aspects. Yeah. So yeah. even as you keep saying, it's not this, it's not this, it's not this, it is all those things. Like right. it is a duffel bag of fear and hope. It is a masquerade. It is a rattle trap always breaking all of the, yep. you know, Things, all the things. It's all, all the, the words things. I that's magically what, that's remembered. Doyvierd <laughs> would say, "It's all the things. Everything is all the things. Everything is all the things." Doyvierdian is. Anything else you want to say about that that song? Or, no, I mean, I no. think that's it. Yeah, the the irreducibility is, uh, is is pretty crucial to. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe to return to a theme that we've been talking about before, you sang the song. Is we have this long running conversation or joke between Luke and myself. Uh, that he gives this advice in his songwriting class that songs should be less like sermons and more like prayers. Yeah. And it makes me feel bad every time because I'm a <laughs> preacher who preaches many sermons 
But you do uh, also like to pray, right? I do pray as okay, well. Okay, but, yeah. Good. But one of the songs on this album also says, less preaching, more prayer, um, which I felt like it was a shot at me. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just joking about that. But, I mean, you know, that's, writing songs in community allows you to feel like I meant that just That's right, you, yeah. You know? uh, I, maybe I did. You probably think the song is about you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we talked about the suggestiveness of the song, but you, I mean, you just said a little bit ago that um, you're also sort of making claims, right? Um, in fact, that trainer review says that contain, conveys unsubtle messages alike. Let's make a plan to be as kind as we can because people are people too. A song you're going to play in a bit. Uh, take a long look at the things you love. So I wonder if you could say more about that dynamic. You have to make claims to live in the world, right? So if we think of the role of the preacher is making claims in some sense, and the role of the prayer is sort of praying or hoping that something might be the case. Um, what's the relationship of those two things, that, that dynamic or the in-between, the middle voice or something like that? How do, you, how do you put that together as you have claims that you make in your songs about the way the world is or should be, and then the hopes that you have of what it might be? Yeah. Um, good question. <laughs> I don't, you know, I think, so first of all, that comes from an interview with Justin Vernon, where he said he was trying to write songs that were more prayers than, so I don't know that he says. Blame it on him. Yeah, I'll blame it on right, him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I mean, what do I want to say? I come from generations of preachers and it's hard to get rid of that in some ways. Like, it's that's the good news, right? Like there's a better way to live, I think. Mm. Um and I think the subjunctive is pretty important there, right? Like prayer is is subjunctive generally, right? I'm going to I'm going to make that claim. Okay. You know, <laughs> I mean, I think um I maybe it exists it's, in the mode of possibility. Yeah, it's yeah. in the yeah, right, it's in the yeah, in the mode of possibility. I mean, even things that we really don't think are possible. Yeah. Um, we still Beyond what we it. ask or imagine. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, I don't really mean it as a shot. I do wish that, you know, having heard uh, any number of sermons in my life, I do hope that people would start from the stance of, of the subjunctive before they, you know, before they get behind a pulpit, start from the stance of prayer. Um I you know I have this I have this short story I've been working on for a long time where this um, small town pastor is sort of I don't know, losing it or something but um, he begins to get up every Sunday and say it's complicated and then sit back down like I mean that's how I feel a little bit like I would like how how I would preach if that were my job now mm-hmm. um, and I you know I appreciate that you don't your sermons are lovely and um, <laughs> and I, I you know I think. I, I want you know I I don't know what you're, are you going to ask me the next question about about these things being helpful like that's part of it that's I want the these question. I and I I want the songs to be to be helpful um, hmm. and maybe that's a way of making a claim um, and then sort of backing away from it maybe yeah. that's a little bit of cowardice or something but I but I like to think of it as like, like openness like here you can have this thing this question it's an invitation yeah to yeah. take up this way of seeing the world yeah yeah. Oh, that's good. But even a lot of the, you know, the claims do sort of go back to that idea of a lens, you know, and not a hammer. To take a long look at a thing that you love is, that's a, that's a, 
a lens instruction, which right? is a line it's from a, a song. As well. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. take so, a long look at line from Flannery O'Connor first, but yeah, yeah but then it, can you say something about that line? Because that I think that this album very much in, kind of epitomizes that that line. So you can say yeah. Say something so about that, that line is. Um, take, what's the story behind it? She oh, said, the story behind yeah. it is that in um, Mystery and Manners, this collection of essays from Flannery O'Connor, she's talking about writing, and she says um, people without hope don't write novels. What's more, they don't read them. Uh, they refuse to have any kind of experience. Um, they refuse to take a long look at anything. Mm. Um, and I, when, I, when I read it, it, it blew my mind. And I, start, I started to think about, yeah, about th that, you know, when you read a novel, it's not, not just something that you get done, right. which sometimes as an English prof that's how i feel about it like i just gotta get this thing read um it's a it's a way to have an experience it's a way yeah. to spend time with you know characters fictional you know fictional people <laughs> and have have an experience of the world um and i think that that advice to take a long take long looks at things is probably i mean i i like to think o'connor would say it even more now in the in the world of cell phones but um <laughs> It's hard. It's harder and harder and harder to take long looks at things, but it is really like it's a practice that leads to an openness um, in the way that you see the world, yeah. um, in the way that you see people. Like if I'm willing to take a long look at my neighbor, yeah. then I have to I have to look past the things that drive me crazy yeah. and into some of like well why do they do these things yeah. or why do these things drive me crazy or you know um, and that. That becomes so. The line of the song is, um, "Take a long look at the things you love. Don't be afraid. Don't look away, because they'll be going on before you know. Because nothing made fails to decay." Um, and then the chorus of that song is, "We appear, we disappear. We appear, we disappear. But while we're here, take a long look at the things you mm. love." Um, yeah, yeah. That's my. And it's like I, that loving attention, though, which is, I think, all throughout the album, um, which is why existential love songs <laughs> fits really well, yeah. because the love songs are not just to your wife, to Sarah, but in some sense to this place where you live um, and to your neighbor, you know, and to all, all of these things that surround us that we miss, and you're encouraging us to give loving attention to it. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the Teresas, I'm not sure, and somebody will correct me on this, but describes contemplation as taking a long, loving look at things, mm -hmm. and even the things that you don't love at first glance, but you keep staring at it until you do yeah. love it, and and sort of so it kind of fits into this sort of contemplative yeah. way of being in the world as well, which is the Doiverdian insight as well. Right, sure. it isn't yeah. always applied that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the point of it is this sort of turning of the yeah. the jewel and seeing, keep looking at the yeah, keep yeah, looking at, the at it, keep looking, and, and you can always see, you can always see more. Yeah, yeah. That's the like the one spiritual discipline that I have. Attention, probably. I mean, and I'm I'm no good at it. <laughs> I'm <laughs> yeah. really not. So I keep writing songs about it, hoping that will make me better at it. But, um, but yeah. that yeah, taking long looks at things and and. Trying to live in a in the in the dissonance in the in between, yeah. which is which is hard to do, but yeah. good practice, I think. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, let me ask you about something you just mentioned. Yeah. Um, this 
thing I told him after I saw the con this album release concert that the the Royalist played, where they played through the whole album, and then it ends with Luke saying, "I hope you find this album helpful, like a benediction almost." Um, and I don't know if I've ever heard a musician use that particular adjective to describe their hopes. I said it almost sounded ministerial. This is that long line of pastors that you come from. You watch um, your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but I did find it helpful, actually. Uh, even the other day, uh, it was graduation here at Dort, and I said goodbye to all these graduating students. And you, know, you always feel as a professor, did anything I say make a difference? You know, will I ever see anyone again? You know, I, maybe I just think that. Um, because I have a high opinion of myself and my forgettability. <laughs> but I was feeling sad. You know, I was feeling yeah. I was feeling sort of some grief at the yeah, at the end of something. And I sat and I listened through this whole album. Um and it was helpful um okay. to me uh in dealing with that existential crisis in a pastoral way. And so maybe I just felt that as a pastor or a fellow person in my early 40s suffering the existential crisis of getting older, um, and losing things, letting go of things, trying to hold things loose and tight at the same time, like you say in here. So I wonder if you could say something about that pastoral sensitivity in these songs. Is there a pastoral heart? How do you think about that? Is that just me reading my own experience into your songs, mm. or is that something you're really sort of, this is your way of pastoring? Um, I was considered myself to be the great interpreter of Luke Holly songs, but you're rivaling me here. This is, this is really good. Yeah. Well, we have I, a couch here. We could lie down. <laughs> lay yeah. yeah. I mean, I grew up in a faith background. They called them preachers, not pastors. Not pastors. pastors were what the Lutherans had or something. <laughs> um, but I mean, I like I like that word. I didn't re I didn't remember that I said I hope. I hope you find this helpful. You don't remember saying that? No. Um, and, but I, I've been thinking about it since you were the one that pointed it out, and I think it was. So the second to last track on the album ends with this sort of ruckus sing-along, um, let yourself off the hook. And, you know, I'm looking at it like all of these, all these college kids who, you know, like are, are anxious and, um, and, and, and have a lot going on. Like they're over, they're, they're taking too many classes and trying to do too many things. And, and I, I wanted that to be helpful for them. Like you you don't have to do it all. You can let yourself off the hook. Um, I mean, it's a line that I wrote for myself too. Um, in fact, one that you didn't really believe, <laughs> or maybe you didn't believe that it goes, let yourself, off the, let yourself off the hook. I know you want to do it all by the book, let yourself off the hook. And he accused me of Not jamming. doing anything by the book ever. Yeah. <laughs> and sort of jamming that in there is some sort of like, well, the rhyme is nice. And, yeah. um, but I, you know, I, 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 I I was hoping that that was that was going to be helpful for them because it's been helpful for me. Hmm. Um, and you know, when I write, when I sit down to write a song, I don't really sit down to like I don't, certainly don't. It's not like sitting down to write a sermon. I don't think maybe it is. I don't write sermons. Like hmm. it's an act of discovery. I start with an idea of some kind, and then I sort of watch where it takes me. And usually, where it takes me is to something that helps me love my wife more or better or love my neighbor more or better or see the world. Um, and, and if it does that for me, then, you know, I, I guess I'm hopeful that it does that for other people too. Um, huh. uh, yeah. I don't know. That's Robert Frost line about no surprise in the writer, no surprise in the reader, no tears in the writer, no tears in the reader. Like they're just as helpful for me. Huh. I'm hoping that they're helpful for other people. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, we'll play people or people too here in a minute, but like that's a it's a really dumb syllogism. Is this syllogism? Something um, is something. Maybe a tautology. Or tautology. Something? There we go. Yeah, people or people too is so obvious and 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 stupid. And I say it all the time. Like anytime somebody drives me crazy right now, I go, oh, people are people too, right? And it's a, it's like a way to make me a better, more loving, more open and gracious human being. Hmm. Um, and, I, you know, maybe if I just like had written it down somewhere and made a bumper sticker, it would have done the same thing. Um, but something about singing it and something about singing it in a room full of people that are also singing it um, is, it, it sticks. I think it sticks a little yeah. bit more. So. Yeah, you want to say more about that? Well, I was yeah. just going to say too. You know, it's 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 weird. I think oh, we we kind of talked about this as we were sort of putting the album together and making choices. And I think that we maybe thought about this album like a little bit more for us, or, or we wanted to not th necessarily think about an audience while we were crafting it. We wanted to make our choices sure. in the studio, in, in so to speak. Um, so then you, you know, there's a little bit of a, when you unveil it to people, you, you're sort of hoping like, Oh, I, I do hope that you find this helpful. It's our thing. It's something that we crafted together, but now here it is out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. It belongs to other people now. Right. right. Yeah. So there's something, I mean, I hope, you, I hope people like the songs, like that yeah. would be great. And I hope they like to listen to it. That would also be wonderful. But I've lo I don't hold out hope that everybody's going to dig all the songs musically or whatever um but I, I do hold that hope that there's something that that can grab them and that they can take with them to, to but it's that weird thing about and the idea of having an audience i mean sometimes you know the audience is there but yet you want to kind of ignore the audience while you're sort of trying to serve the song yeah and create the song and then when you have an audience again then suddenly um yeah you just hope that it's helpful yeah right? Yeah, the last song on the record is um, How Do You Do the Right Thing? And it's also pretty obvious. But um, the chorus is How Do You Do the Right Thing? You do the right thing right. How Do You Do the Right Thing? You do the right thing right. How Do You Do the Right Thing? You do the right thing right. Right? Yeah. right? And this is just me like having fun with words or whatever, like allusivity, right? What does right even mean? When What does it mean when you put an interrobang after it? Um, and I, I know that um, Laramie will occasionally saying to his children, how do you do the right thing? You hang your coat up or things like that. Like, right. I mean, yeah. to have songs that have worked their way into, to have lyrics that have worked their way into people's lives yeah. is, um, is really incredible. Yeah. So, yeah. I wonder if you could sing the song, People Are People Too. Yeah. And then do you want to say any more about the story of it or you want to um, say? Yeah. This one took me a long time. Years. Um, I mean, you have been working on the song. I have been working on this song for for years, um, and you can't tell when you listen to it. Probably, <laughs> um, it had the word "keds" in it at one point. That yeah, was, from uh, the tops of their heads to the soles of their <coughs> keds was uh, one of the. Um, but I, I, um, I started it as like a, um, I think, as a song to somebody, like explaining to somebody like, hey, you have to start thinking that people are people too. And I was really angry, I think. And it, it took me a long time to, to discover that I, was, that I was angry. And then it took me a willingness to sort of point the lens back at myself. Um, and that's what, I think that's what made the song um, possible. And it's also what made the song like truly fully communal. Right, like if this uh. is just me yelling at somebody, yeah. um, then um, then it's not a song for everybody. 
it's a song for when you want to yell at people or something. <laughs> and the you know the media is the message on on this song. Your brother recorded yeah. some stuff. He had some of your other buddy. Your your um, yeah, my, militantly uh, agnostic mili yes. buddy. Um, I sent it out um, to the internet and I said, "Hey, if you want to add anything, it's kind of boring. It's just eight verses." Um, and the uh, the the what ended up on the record is is like I don't, I don't think it's I've a real ever, like I've never had more fun putting a song yeah. together. Um, my yeah. brother sent me a bunch of yeah, my brother sent me a bunch of stuff, and it was fun to sort of like you know. It was like building with Legos or something. I had all these different bricks and sort of put them in the right places. Um, but it was, a, yeah, that was an open invite because I thought, how else do you sing a song about about all sorts of people except to invite people to... So actually the song, at the very beginning on the album, you hear a choir of people who are singing in my old barn at the back of my property. That makes it sound like I have a lot of property. In my backyard, <laughs> there's an old yeah, barn. It's a lot. Um, and every Memorial Day, we have a, a Memorial Day barbecue and like, you know, people come, we play wiffle ball on the street. And last Memorial Day, we gathered in the barn and I handed out lyric sheets and I felt like I was back in acapella church where I grew up. Like we're all just sort of holding these things and singing along and people are making up their own harmonies. and. It was and really... Luke is the only one who has like the click track, so he's sort of directing us all. And yeah, were you there for that, or were you? I think I had gone, gone home. Already. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, it was quite a it was quite an experience, and it, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of the, this particular place on the album, and that um, that that part in particular. But yeah, <clears throat> people are people too, just, just like me. From the tops of our heads to the foot of our beds People are people too You seem to think they're not You seem to think they're not You treat them like things and not human Of course it's the same for me Of course it's the same for me It's hard to admit But I often forget That people love people too So then what can be done so then what can be done? Just what do we need for us to agree? The people are people too. People are people too. Just like me. From the buds of our tongues to the air in our lungs. Sounds 
Sometimes they drive you nuts Sometimes they drive you nuts So we try to negate with our labels and hate But people are people too Time here is really short Time here is really short So let's make up a plan To be as kind as we can Because people are people too People are people too Yeah, I used to uh, often drive Luke nuts with my um, Mongolian throat singing. Uh, yeah, what's that throat? It's more mouth. It's overtone <laughs> singing, <laughs> mouth harmonics. We sang a song in choir once that yeah. had it. So anyway, Luke was gone somewhere, and and the rest of us just recorded a bunch of crap that we yeah. thought would he would sneak in someplace. And I was really shocked Maybe to hear that I got included in the <laughs> people will it, drive it you nuts. <laughs> That's the right place for it. But anyway, there it is. <laughs> Is there anything else you'd like listeners to know about the record or where they can listen they to can, it? Wherever they stream the things. Yeah. I mean, you can come to the Fruit of Plain and buy a CD if that's your thing. Um, or you can purchase the downloads on Bandcamp, but otherwise you stream it at Spotify or Apple or wherever. Yeah. So Yeah, we, and we'll put links to all of this in the show notes of yeah. the NL Things podcast as well as the video. We play weddings. We're not a great so wedding great, band. No. But uh, you, you gotta we, be kind of super fans to, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to get it. You know, we don't we don't do going to the chapel That's or whatever. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we could, I suppose. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been really great. Yeah, this has been the 40th episode of the In All Things podcast. And our guests are the Ruralists. Uh well, two members of the Ruralists. Yeah, Jake and Christian are not here because we didn't invite them. So, <laughs> that's not quite true. It just it's you know, it true. would get too many too yeah, many voices. voices. On stage, I mean, the two know? of us do enough talking as Absolutely. is. Um, Christian is uh, my 19 year old next door neighbor who started playing and writing his own songs because the ruralists live next door to him. Mm-hmm. Um, his dad is the friend that teaches me apophatic, <laughs> um, and Jake is uh, our bass player who lives across the street from us. We all live within like... I live the farthest away at one block. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway. Well, again, our guests have been two members (laughs) of the Ruralists, Luke Hawley and Laramie DeVries. Luke and Laramie, thanks for joining us on the NL Things podcast. Thanks for listening to the In All Things podcast from the Andreas Center at Dort University. Original music is provided by The Ruralist, and thanks are in order to Ruth Clark, Shannon Vischer, Vaughn Donahue, and the production team at the Andreas Center. You can find us online at inallthings.org or follow us on Twitter under the name at in underscore all underscore things. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever podcasts are found. And if you find our content beneficial, please help us out by leaving a review and sharing with others. Thanks for tuning in.